Hey friends, this is Musing Methodist, where we discuss important issues and topics for Christians to ponder. My name is John Duff. I'm the assistant pastor here at Centenary UMC in Danville, Kentucky. And today we're catching up with great Chris and talking about grief and what he's been through recently. And I am Chris Morgan, and I am the lead pastor here at Centenary United Methodist Church in Danville. I've been away from for a few weeks, and uh, it's good to be back, although I tried to make myself a cup of Turkish coffee, and I burned it, Yeah. so I had to make another. And we're excited to have Chris back with us. Jill is not with us today, but Kathy is, so hey, Kathy. Hey. You just came from an appointment, but you were back just in time, so we're excited to have you join us. And uh, so you can be watching on Facebook with us today. We also are on all the podcast sites, so... If you didn't listen to us or if you like to listen to us afterwards, you can go to any site that has a podcast. Like, or you can go to podcast.nanvillecumc.org. Yeah, and you can listen to it afterwards. Yeah, yeah. So, And that's without the video. And um, some people probably listen as they're walking or exercising or whatnot, which me and Chris have been walking together some. Which kind of goes into our normal first question is how have we been doing this past week? So, and you got thoughts on that? How, um, it, it's, I'm back at church and uh, mm. I've been away from church for a while. And so it's a little different for, for me to, to come back. It's only been a few weeks, but it feels like yeah. half a year. Uh, so uh, it's good to come back. I'd forgotten how to watch my Turkish coffee as it comes to, you know, not quite a boil. But you didn't forget how to use your Logos software, <laughs> no, no, which is the Bible research and sermon prep software that Chris uses. Bible study, Bible reading, prayers, Bible memorization, um, all sorts of Bible dictionaries and commentaries and it's an incredible everything. Thing. It's one of the most elegant pieces of software that one could imagine applied uh, to theology. Yeah. Biblical studies. And Kathy, how are you doing? I'm doing good. It's nice outside. Yeah. Um, I'm excited. I have patio furniture. I have looked for probably four years now for patio furniture that I like outside my son's home. Cool. That's going to be delivered today, tomorrow. That's cool. It's delivered today, tomorrow. I'm an outside. So it's coming today, so it's coming tomorrow. Oh, oh, and tomorrow. I um, didn't hear that conjunction there. I'm a very much an outside on my patio during the spring, summer, fall person. That's me. So yeah. not having, that kind of helps now having that. And then the really exciting news is somebody's birthday is Saturday. Oh, yeah. Chris's birthday is Saturday. I'm glad you all told me that because it wasn't really on my radar. You kind of missed it. <laughs> yeah. I wasn't thinking about it coming up quite as quickly. Once you reach a certain age, it's just like, no. oh, yeah, there it is again. No. No? No. It's still... Well, you should celebrate every birthday. Yeah, yeah, you're right. You're right. You should still celebrate. But... I'm all in favor of celebrating. I just, it's just hard for me to imagine that we're this far into March. That we're close mm -hmm. to That's April. true. We are close into, into 2021. You know, can I, okay, that, that one commercial... That one commercial that talks about um, uh, lemonades. It's a lemonade commercial, but it's like 2020 gave us a lot of lemons. 
Have you seen that commercial? I don't generally watch commercials. Okay, I like that commercial. You know what I'm talking about? And it's like, I've and then tried it shows to them. things of, oh gosh, it shows like 2020 and like lemons are raining down. It's a great commercial. I don't know why I was mentioning that. Jill says hi. She's not with us, but she's listening or watching. Hi, Jill. Um, and it was just talking about how 2020 is a rough year. And I, it's random. It's on with the sports that I'm watching because I'm watching March Madness stuff. Um, team still in? Uh, n- not really, but I watched Baylor a little bit last night, and I was kind of cheering for them because Pastor Mike is a Baylor fan, and he had said that, and they look they look really good, so that's pretty fun. Um, I am just going to note that I'm wearing a shirt and tie today because over the weekend I got some new clothing at Goodwill. I went to Goodwill, and this shirt was less than $5.00. And this tie was $1. And I brought my ties in. And I got six new ties. $1 a piece at Goodwill. And they're all pretty nice. I brought them in today so that I could know how to, which shirt to, which one matched my new shirt. And Paul and Kathy helped me with that. Because, yeah, Paul's Paul's the fashion guy. So, um, looks nice. He helps me. So, I'm, I was wearing this and I'm excited to have a nice new outfit shirt top thing for for cheap so it's pretty good but anyways also this week is holy week so um what's holy week about and what are we what's going on we focus on the last week in the life of jesus uh, when he enters into jerusalem to uh, his followers casting clothing in front of him rolling out the red carpet in a way, honoring him through the waving of palm branches. And then things get really complicated. Uh, so yeah. the, the triumph of that entry late in the day uh, into Jerusalem on Sunday um, gives way on, on Monday to the overturning of the tables, the cursing of the fig tree. And, of yeah. course, by, by Thursday... Um, the Lord has managed to inflame the passions of enough people that uh, he is arrested and crucified, and it looks like the end on Friday. I mean, it looks like here's somebody who uh, who made a claim of some kind, who had followers of some kind, and, well, we put an end to him. Uh, yeah. So Sunday through Friday are, are very serious days in the history of the the liturgical year yeah. um, Sunday through Friday because of that uh, Saturday nobody really knows what to do on on Saturday it's just sort of one of those days when you wait when you wait yeah and uh, there's a cool Saturday service that many of the more traditional churches do just waiting it's in between crucifixion and resurrection and um, Sunday morning is is the crux of Christianity. Yeah. Uh, without Easter, there is no Christianity. Yeah. Yeah. yeah for sure. You mentioned uh, the turning of the tables, which I think is an important story, and I, I, I think it's also interesting. Often people like use that story, and they say, "Well, Jesus got mad, so it's okay for me to be angry about things," which kind of partially is true, but also many scholars think. Many scholars point to that and say, like, Jesus did that on purpose 
to inflame the people that were then going to kill him. Right? Mm. In a sense, some people think that. And and that's kind of true. And so it kind of leads to his his death. It, be, it begins the tensions with yeah. the religious leaders that then continue yeah. to, to climax in, into that uh, the, the arrest. So, so even if you like, okay, Jesus showed anger. It's true, but he really did it so that he could die for... It was kind of like an act of like, I'm going to die for you, <laughs> you know. Yeah. But this is helping us get there in a way, right? You think I shouldn't kick my dog? Jesus got mad. Yeah. I mean, that's just that's not, not okay. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. That, that's what I'm trying to say. Like, I, <laughs> but people do that. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. So anyways, so that's Holy Week. We'll talk about a little bit about what we're doing in Holy Week, the church, later on. But... We sometimes have a segment that is This Day in History. Sometimes we do animal news, and sometimes we do This Day in History. Today we're doing This Day in History because there's a lot of major events that happened on March 30th, apparently. Um, and so we're excited about that. The first one was in 1492, and it was not that Columbus sailed the ocean blue. 1492 is a huge year in world history because on March 30th was when King Ferdinand and Queen Isabella of Spain signed a decree to expel all Jews from Spain. So what's that called? Is that the... It's called anti-Semitism. Yeah. <laughs> Ultimately. But, uh, there's a, do you know what that is? You're a history person, aren't you? My sister would be so mad at me for not... What's that called? If you're if you're listening, tell us what it was when Spain kicked out all the Jews. But it was... The Inquisition? Is that what it was? I feel like that's not right. We could probably Google it real quick. Google it. And so Kathy will give us. The but this was one of the biggest. This was a huge thing that happened in 19, 1492, which was not fun and not good. Anti-Semitic. Um, Alhambra decree. Oh yeah, Alhambra decree. Okay. Well, yeah, but you know, Spain went through a lot of different religious movements because they were Catholic, and then there were there were. Um, Muslim for a while, and then they kicked out all the Jews. And Isabel and Ferdinand are Catholic, right? You're you're a my, <laughs> okay. my expertise ends at 586 BC, and so you're okay. asking me about the Middle Ages. And <laughs> okay, I, I'm, yeah, yeah, gotcha. Okay, cool, cool, cool. So, so that's a big, big moment in history. The next one is 1870, in, on March 30th, the 15th Amendment guaranteeing the right to vote regardless of race passes in America. So that's a pretty good thing. The first one was not good in racism and, and uh, religionism. And then this one is positive, right? 1870? Yep. So um, that's a few years after the Civil War, which is neat. And then another big one which I thought would be interesting to talk about a little bit. 1950, President Harry S. Truman denounces Senator Joe McCarthy as a saboteur of U.S. foreign policy. Now, you were not alive then to remember that. This is not one I recall firsthand. Do you remember people talking about, like, oh, McCarthy McCarthy and the yeah, communist and, and era stuff? The, the hunt for communists, of which there were any number um, yeah, but the hunt for communists became very much like the hunt for witches in Salem. Yeah, 
is not a good thing. The next one is one that I actually remember. Uh, True. Yeah. I was a kid and I was going to a friend's house and my television was on and breaking news, President Ronald Reagan had been shot. I went to my friend's house to play and we were over uh, with his parents and I just casually mentioned, yeah, did y'all hear about the president being shot? And they hadn't. And so suddenly every TV and, and every household on the street was on and Reagan was just such a, he uh, was such a wonderful grandfatherly figure for the nation. Um, yeah. Everybody sort of waiting on him to to either not knowing whether he was going to survive or not, not knowing much about it. And then he appears at the window and waves. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's just one of those moments that's it's exciting yeah, in history. It's, it's very, very much exciting. And uh, I remember very well uh, most of that period just being interested in what was happening. Yeah. Kathy, do you remember what you were doing on that day? No, it's kind of like, kind of like Chris, though. I mean, it was kind of one of those moments, you know, people talk about your different moments in history. Like, I know, I know where I was when the Challenger blew up. I knew where, yeah. when Reagan was shot. You know, 9 11. For us, is, mm-hmm. yeah. I know where I was when Kennedy was shot, 9 11, things like that. Yeah. I don't remember. I mean, I remember the day. I don't know what it was. I was 11, so. Yeah. But you know, so, one of those moments that you're just like, I don't remember that day. Yeah. I was 11 when 9 11 happened, so. Yeah. Similar. Chris would have been eight, right? Uh, in in eighty one, I would have been seven. Seven. Oh. about to turn eight. Also, you mentioned being a little kid and playing. When you were a little kid and played, did you like make little ancient Israel pieces and just pretend to be? <laughs> uh, uh, no, um, you know, conjugating a few Akkadian verbs and okay. things like that from time to time. But nice as as part of your play as a kid. No, nice. I was I was okay. a decently normal kid. Okay, cool. He's just really into that stuff now. So, anyways, and then the next one, you you probably don't remember this because I don't know if it was big news or not. I mean, it was big news, but not in your world. Maybe 1987, Vincent Van Gogh's Sunflowers, which is one of his paintings, is bought for 39.85 million dollars. That's a lot of money for a, a lot painting. of money, and I think he only had one painting sell in his lifetime. Which is quite t- sad. He also had a short lifetime. But I mention this because, well, it was on the This Day in History website is part of why I've written it. But also because I'm a big fan of Van Gogh myself. He's one of my favorite painters. And he's pretty interesting. So it's a big, that's a lot of money for a painting. It is. But it's pretty cool. So whenever I see one of our church vehicles yeah. leaving, I say Van Gogh. <laughs> oh, gosh. So Chris is back with his puns today. It's pretty good. So that was this day in history. There's a lot going on today in history. We covered it all. No, not today, but there's a lot that went on. Yes, as as the Earth was in, in March its, 30th. Yeah, as the Earth was in about this place and its rotation around the sun. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Been significant. So, cool. So that was this day in history. We're going to move on to kind of our main uh, talking point today, which I was. Wanting to uh, ask Pastor Chris a little bit about grief. And as you all know, he's uh, been through grief with his family and the passing of Grimmelson. And um, Chris didn't want to make this kind of the focal point on Sunday morning or anything. But we thought 
him sharing a little bit here might be helpful and good. Um, and this is all pretty raw for Chris, obviously, because it's pretty, pretty <laughs> right, still happening um, right now. Um, but I wanted to ask Chris to share just a little bit of his story and his um, what he's been through over the past now um, 10 to 11 months, almost a year. Um, and it, and as you think about your grief, you, you probably had a little bit of anticipatory grief because Rimmelson was diagnosed in May, right? The day after uh, Memorial Day was, was when we when we figured this out. And yeah, when we talk about grief in, in terms of past and present and, and, and future, this is very much a present reality mm -hmm. um, for me. And so, you know, as I talk about this, if my voice breaks, if I if I pause, you know, it's, yeah. it's, this is present. Um, but it's also something that, that, uh, I'm absolutely convinced that God accompanies us and is accompanying yeah. Yeah. me and my family, uh, and Reynolds's family in, in Haiti and all of those, all of those who loved him, um, and love him still, uh, the anticipatory grief, you know, it's uh, an interesting thing to go from planning college yeah. visits and, and what's going to happen with, with college athletics and that kind of thing to, to suddenly going to radiation and chemotherapy um, daily for, for a number of weeks and bi-weekly occasionally and then sometimes... Uh, sometimes a different pattern than that but uh, you know there are the things that you hope for there are the things that uh, we were were very much looking forward to and that his family was very much uh, looking forward to and and knowing that uh, unless God intervenes with, with a miracle that that the things that we had been looking toward uh, were going to shift radically um, yeah and so there's the grieving of that um, there's the grieving uh, for him for the one who is actually suffering and and yeah. uh, you know watching this kid who is super super athletic um, super super strong yeah uh, watching him um, as as his vision began to change a bit and his his play on the soccer field and even his play on the soccer field uh you know it it suffered but he still started all the games that he played mm -hmm. um he yeah. was he was still that was uh, early in the fall good soccer year, player yeah, in the, in the fall yeah but uh you know grief at what at what he was experiencing i think is is also something that over the long term uh, we had a we had a chance to kind of work through and wonder through and pray through and uh, you know the question you know, why do we suffer there are a lot of easy answers to those questions and um, I will say up front that I don't believe that any of the easy answers are sufficient and some of them are cruel um, I think we live in a broken world and that automobile accidents and 
houses that are destroyed by tornadoes and people who are killed in tsunamis and the wretched poor of, of so many different places that we cannot even, even imagine the degree of hunger and poverty. You know, it's just, uh, it would be very difficult to go to, to India and to, to see someone who is you know, 78 pounds starving and say, this is God's will for you. Yeah. And if that's not God's will for that person, um, then, then ultimately uh, we've got to recognize that, that the world is not pristine and things are going to happen and suffering is going to take place um, that is beyond God's original intent and beyond what God is going to is going to bring into the world at the curtain call of history. But yeah. uh, anyway, suffering, you know, watching someone you love suffer, watching the physical changes uh, that, that take place. Sometimes, uh, you know, folks have psychological changes that, that take place. And for us, uh, it's very fortunate that, that uh, Remy became more Remy and uh, not less. Yeah, yeah. Uh, he was <laughs> especially thinking of brain cancer like mm -hmm. it could have it could have worked on personality yeah, in a yeah. hundred different ways um but you know I, he was he, he there was a point at which uh the the different tumors affected him in in different ways one took away his ability to walk uh one took away his his peripheral vision and much, much of his central vision, not a whole lot of it. Um, uh, one caused him to cough. It just, it just stimulated the cough reflex. Um, and another stimulated the, the gag reflex. And um, so he had all, all of this going on and you, know, you can't, you can't look at somebody who is uh, suffering in that way and not pray. Lord have mercy, Christ have mercy, yeah. uh, Lord have mercy. So um, that's a that's a kind of grief is uh, watching those that that you love uh, experience the deterioration of of their physical being. Um, while at the same time, for him, you know, it's he's, he's got a deep faith, and he uh, was was constantly optimistic. Sometimes in a yeah. in a yeah way that was surprising to to everyone around him but um yeah you know he was <laughs> he was in the middle of we you, you can get throw up bags and packs of 50 from amazon uh yeah he had one of these bags in his hand and, and uh melinda was right beside him and in the midst of of um, throwing it up he's like I love you, and <laughs> he's just <laughs> yeah he's just yeah. A, such a such a yeah. loving and, and uh amazing kid yeah yeah for sure and so that's kind of like before and and you and melinda were ended up it was a lot of care towards the end of life that y'all had to give him and then um, he lost the ability to walk he lost the ability to stand he lost the ability to to help um move himself and by the last couple of weeks he lost the ability to even move or turn his head so yeah. um, it, it became it became a constant yeah yeah and then um 
just wanted to ask you to share a little bit of that after he passed away. How, how has that been for you? What is that like? And Well, that is very much present. Uh, yeah. It's yeah, very much sure. in the moment. I've done a lot of journaling. I've uh, written quite a bit about uh, uh, just the experience of what I'm thinking on, on any given day. And, uh, yeah. you know, people often have these uh, mystical or semi-mystical experiences following the death of a loved one. And uh, I was I was writing in my journal one day last week, and uh, I was writing about missing Reynoldson. And uh, the wind blew, and it blew our back door wide open. Yeah. Um, you know, that's never happened before. Um, it may be just the wind blowing, but it happened at just the right time, you know, to... Mm -hmm. I think of him just kind of walking right through and yeah. those sorts of things happen uh, I find a lot with families and, and it may very well be the Lord winking at us and uh, mm -hmm. showing us that that there's a, there's more than meets the eye yeah. uh, and we talk uh, about the communion of saints we talk about what Hebrews calls the great cloud of witnesses and uh, that veil between the living and the dead, uh, some would say, is, is sometimes thinner than we imagine. Yeah, 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 absolutely. So it's uh, in the aftermath at, at the moment, and um, yeah. The good thing is that I believe with all my heart that God has promised to be with us. And uh, there, yeah. there are several scriptures that I've I've come back to um, as I as I think as I pray. And um, blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. Uh, that's one of the one of the promises that Jesus makes. And um, we don't usually think of those who mourn as blessed, but when the presence of God is with you, then. Um, that comfort that only the presence of God yeah. brings. And another another scripture that has, has come to me and been really meaningful is uh, the, the Lord is near to the brokenhearted and saves the crushed in spirit. That's from uh, Psalm 34. Mm -hmm. And uh, probably the one that, that has meant the most to me is First uh, Thessalonians, where... We don't want you to be uninformed about those who have died so that you may not grieve as others do who have no hope. Yeah. And I think I think the Christian hope out there in front of us, in front of me, um, has, has helped uh, has helped me to remember that you know where we think of a period, there is a comma, uh, and where we think of the end, uh, there there is a new beginning. And with apologies to Star Wars fans, a new hope. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. So, um, yeah. Well, thanks for sharing, Chris. just wanted to give a little bit of time and space to that just 
because I think it's important not to ignore what <laughs> we're going through and um, um, to hear from Chris and um, it's been uh, it's been good for me to be able to watch you all go through this and um, uh, to try to be there for you and love you but also to see uh, your Christian witness in the midst of this and the way that you all loved Rimmelson and the way that Rimmelson loved the Lord and the way that you all have loved the Lord through this has been um, sad, but also I'm happy that I'm able to be there with you um, in the midst of this. So. There is a devastatingly beautiful quality to faith yeah. and grief coexisting. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah. People in the church people in the community, uh, soccer parents, church members who have brought us food and uh, I've told people at church, I have gained weight, which is why John and I are currently walking. I've got, I can't afford a new wardrobe. So um, I've got to go to Goodwill. <laughs> well, <laughs> now, I may be headed there this, this afternoon, but yeah. uh, you know, there, there are so many lessons that, that I think, and there's so many parts to this that, that, um, I want to encourage people who have experienced grief. Um, we're fortunate in some ways. Mm. Uh, there are a lot of times that people experience grief, and uh, with that, there there are deep regrets. Um, I don't I don't have regrets, uh, but for those who do, understand that God is bigger than those. Um, yeah. Understand that 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 God's healing can come in ways that uh, defy logic, that are beyond logic, that, that God's care for your loved one, whether there are regrets or not, God's care for your loved one um, is, is infinitely more than your mind can, can comprehend. Um, yeah, yeah. There's a, there's a practice that I do in the mornings after I brush my teeth. Um, remind myself of what I want to do and uh, what I want to do is love God and love others well so as hokey as it might sound I stand in front of my mirror and I say it out loud uh, love God and love others well and I think what the last year has taught me is that we don't always have an infinite amount of time to love others well and so when we see the people at work and uh, when we see people in the grocery store or, or whatever, you never know uh, what kind of opportunity you're going to have with, with that person. But, but yeah. I was fortunate enough to realize that, that, you know, the opportunities for loving Remelson well uh, were right there before me. And sometimes that meant changing his clothes. Uh, sometimes that meant squirting liquid into his mouth. Uh, sometimes it meant holding his hand and, and praying for him. Uh, yeah. But I think that the ability just to think about who we want to be and to recognize that uh, God has given us today and what it is that we hope to be. Uh, we can hope to be today and we can take specific measures uh, to make sure that 
that can come to pass. Thanks for sharing, Chris. It's, it's good to reflect on and think through and um, share. And that's important, and that's kind of also a big part of what Lent is about, Nash Wednesday, <laughs> and reflecting on those things. So it, it came... Death can come at any point in our lives in any season, but it can during the season of Lent, um, for sure. So. Every Lent in my life has prepared me for this Lent. Yeah. And on Ash Wednesday, up in up in Remelson's bedroom, um, mm -hmm. I had little containers of ash that we we provided to everyone, and yeah. uh, it's a very powerful moment. Yeah. To make the sign of the cross, everyone in the family, everyone in the family. Uh, Dust you are, to dust you shall return. Yeah. Repent and believe the gospel. And uh, it was it was powerful. Yeah, yeah. For sure. Well, thanks. Thank you. Yeah. And I reserve the right to cry at any moment. At any there time. you go. So. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, well, it is Lent, as we were saying, and it's actually Holy Week. So coming up uh, this week, uh, Wednesday night, we're doing our Bible study again, and Chris will be with us again. I'm excited about that. Miss Wednesday night. So uh, we're doing the atonement, and so we'll do our um, theory of the atonement that we, I'm not sure which one we're doing, but we're doing one. And then uh, Thursday is Monday Thursday, which is... Um, a service in our sanctuary at 6.30, and that'll be with communion and, uh, and just a, a normal Monday, Thursday service that we're excited about. And then Good Friday, our chapel will be open uh, from 11 a.m. to 7 p.m. Uh, for those who are able and uh, wanting the invitations there to come and pray and be in the chapel, and you can receive communion then as well. And we'll have a um, kind of a guided prayer time with some scriptures and the um, we'll have a staff member there that you can pray with if you if you would like you don't you don't have to but that's open for that and then um, on Saturday the children are doing an event that Jill has shared um, and then Sunday is Easter which is the joyful uh, celebration of resurrection and so we're excited about that as well nine o'clock and eleven fifteen. Uh, just like normal on Sunday mornings, um, and that will be, we're happy to be in person again. Like last year, we weren't able to be in person for this, so that's exciting. We're it's, getting all these holidays now that we haven't done in two years in person Yeah, uh, that we missed last year, and what a, what a blessing to be able to be back. Yeah, absolutely, and so uh, we'll be here next week, Tuesday, for episode 13 this was episode 12 we're getting up there um 12 15 next week on tuesday uh but with that chris would you send us out with a blessing i would be glad to as i play the music in this holy week may the lord guide you